Welcome back to another episode of Roaming Roots. This is a podcast focused on responsible and mindful travel and tourism, with the main reason behind it being my own curiosity about this topic. My end goal is that we will all come out as smarter and more conscious travelers, and that we can find ways to explore the world without feeling guilty about leaving too many big and heavy footprints, both on local communities and the environment in general. So, this is episode number two, and I feel I'm just dipping my toe into this pool of new ways of thinking and acting when it comes to travel. I have learned so much in a very short time, and I have started to gather all this information in a kind of a library. Books, podcasts, articles, research, companies and people, and tons of knowledge that I want to share with you. You can get access to this library that I'm gradually developing by going to bycause.co slash resources. So that is bycause spelled as B-Y-C-A-U-S-E. It is growing day by day, and I hope that you will find resources there that you will find useful. So, see you inside the library. And now to today's episode. I think that today's episode should be very interesting for many of you because of the destination that we will be talking about. This destination is almost like a second home to many Norwegians, and I think also globally, this is a very popular place to go. We are talking about the Canary Islands. My guest today is John Dale Beckley. John is founder and manager of the sustainable tourism nonprofit Canary Green, which is the only English speaking nonprofit dedicated to sustainable tourism on the Canary Islands. They want to help the around 14 million tourists visiting the islands each year to travel more sustainably. That is why they have made their mission to showcase and promote the responsible and sustainable initiatives on the Canary Islands. Together with local businesses and travelers globally, they help create this positive and necessary change. John has more than 30 years leadership experience in digital marketing, tourism, personal branding, and sustainability. He's a strong advocate and believer that tourism is a force for good in the world. John is passionate about disruptive ideas, sustainability, and digital storytelling. Welcome to Roaming Roots, John. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. First of all, could you tell us where you are calling from? So I'm living now in Tenerife in the Canary Islands, and I've been here for 20 years. So yeah. So this is, this is also where you have your company, Canary Green, where you are the, the founder of this nonprofit, Canary Green, and also, as you call yourself, a change agent for sustainability in the tourism sector. So, and when I found you, I thought this, your, your physical location was especially interesting. And the reason for that is that so many Norwegians, uh, where I come from, travel to the Canary Islands. I think I read that last year it was around 200,000. And I think actually it went up after COVID. 
I, I hear about so many people going to the Canary Islands. So then it's, it's very interesting to, to talk to you because what, what better place to start to talk about how we can travel better than the place that people go the most. So with that said, what is it that you do in Canary Green? So Canary Green, we look at it this way. There's 15 million people coming to the Canary Islands each year. And <clears throat> what we want to do is to help them choose where to stay. So which places are making the most sustainable effort to choose activities that are not harmful to the environment and are responsible. And then to support local businesses and restaurants and it's particularly those that are offering vegan and, and vegetarian options, uh, but that are also local. So those are the three things for now. Uh, later, we're going to start promoting cultural events and, and history and, and trying to integrate a bit of that into what we do. But basically, we're trying to talk to the tourists coming here and helping them make better decisions regarding sustainability. So how do, how do people uh, use, use Canary Green then? Is that a kind of a platform that you can go in and find examples and and destinations, hotels, restaurants, or how does it work? Yeah. So so we have a website and we have we on all the social media. So we publish everything across our website, our blog. On the website we have a directory. So we have a listing of hotels in Tenerife that are sustainable. We have a listing of, of activities and restaurants. So you can have a look through there and, and find something. We also have a magazine called Greenscape, which comes out three times a year. And and of course, everything we do, we get published on all the social media channels. So my background is in digital marketing. So yeah. we focus a lot on that in, in publishing. Yes, and you even have a podcast. That is actually how I found you, your podcast. I, th I think you said that you're not putting too much of an work into it but yeah, I, th I thought it was uh, good and I found so many interesting people through that podcast oh, so interesting. That. Yeah. yeah no no good, good. well at least I've, I've got someone some feedback from it because yeah. uh, I, I just I didn't promote it at all I just did it and yeah yeah so but could you give some examples of uh, because I've, I've looked into your webpage and I see that you do a lot of different things so could you give some examples of campaigns, events, different things okay, that you so take your part in? Uh, we do a lot. So we organize beach cleanups. We're now just organizing tree planting with schools. We, um, we're partnering with someone called Ocean Cleanup, where, for example, we just went out and we did media coverage and we gave logistical support for measuring microplastic one mile from the shoreline, two miles, three miles, four miles, sorry, kilometers, uh, each each kilometer, and so we were uh, helping with that with logical logistical support. But what we do is we find hotels and experiences that are unique and sustainable, and then we go to them and we take our team and we have photographers, copywriters, media people that will produce content for them and show like them to to our audience, so that people then can see them across all the social media platforms and things like that. We're now also involved in a project to make this area. So I'm in Costa Deji, which is the municipality. And they want to make this. It's from Eon. Do you know Eon, the big energy company? Yes, yes. So they are coming here and they want to make this the biggest residential um, solar farm in Europe. And they've asked us to be a part of it, to help promote, to create awareness of it. And that's what we're doing this year and, and for next year. 
and probably longer because I think it's quite a long-term project. Wow. And so that's that we're really excited about doing because we have sun so much. Yeah. 90% of the days are sunny here in the south of Tenerife. And then we're also involved in a very interesting project called Seafuel, which is a hydrogen car project. Uh, it's a 40 million euro project in the south of Tenerife. And basically they're wanting to take seawater with wind and solar into an electrolyzer and convert it to green hydrogen. So that means there's no emissions. And then what they do is that they, they want to change all the rental cars and all the public transport to be green hydrogen. So we've done, I think, five or six videos. We went to the opening. I spoke at the event. And it's just a bit slow because the, the electrolyzer wasn't working from the opening. And that was in May last year. And it's still not working. They had to send the parts back to Glasgow and we're waiting. So it's, it's a slow process, but they've just got the second, the third round of funding, what, whatever they needed to get. And so the project will carry on now. Um, but the idea is to have a lot of these electrolyzer charging points and to slowly convert all, all the cars into, into green hydrogen. That's the, the end goal. This is very interesting. So both both these uh, projects, you said it's going a little bit slow, but what what are your hopes time-wise when it comes to, for instance, this last project with the cars? How long do you think it will take? Oh my God, it is crazy. My biggest problem and, and, and frustration is patience. Because yeah. <laughs> especially, especially in Spain, it moves so slowly. Politicians, companies, everyone are so slow to move to 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 get things to happen. So, because when I started, I was like with so much energy that hey, this is going to happen, and you're sort of clicking your fingers, and and we you know we move fast. But um, the, the projects we're working on, we, we that's the hardest thing for me is to be patient. Yeah. So you you. You don't have the ability to push too much. There are some bottlenecks that you can't do anything about, right? Correct, correct. And yeah. and this is long-term. And this is not yes. about me or Canary Green itself. This is about us being a part of change. And this is going to be for the next 100 years. Yeah. You know, this is the, the biggest battle humanity is going to be fighting. Absolutely. But this project with the hydrogen, what's the name of it? Because I, I would really <clears throat> like to put the information in the... The project is called Seafuel. Seafuel, uh, yeah. Seafuel.eu is the website address. And the other one for the solar panels is adegeverde.eu. Oh, we need to <laughs> spell that, I think. <laughs> that was difficult. Yeah. yeah, I will put everything in the show notes because I think people will find this very interesting. Yeah. But, but you talked about some of the projects that you're working on. For instance, microplastics. So what would you say is the... What's, what was the result of that when you did that research? And how does it actually look, looking at the Canary Islands in in total, perhaps, like the the environmental pressure and all the tourists coming there? How how What's the status? Okay, there's a beach in, in the north called Port. It's not a very touristy beach. It's a local beach, especially for surfers. But it's a catchment area for plastic. So we, we organize beach cleanups there. And it is amazing when the when the winds change 
to see how much debris comes in there. Literally, you can put your hand into the ocean and just come out with a whole lot of plastic at mm. any point in like a, a square kilometer. Yeah. And it's so sad to see that that's the waters of the Canary Islands, you know. And so we have to be careful that this is happening and it will build up if we don't take stock of it. Mm. But when you go onto the beach, even if you pick up the rubbish and you hold up a piece of sand, you can see it's all plastics inside there. And then all those disintegrate into microplastics and, and it just stays in our ecosystem. So with this measuring of the microplastics, we, we, we only offered logistical support. We weren't the, the people collecting the samples and sending it to a university in Cadiz. It was a guy called Nacho Dean, and he's the first person to walk the circumference of the, the earth mm-hmm. and, wow. and, and swim all the oceans. He, he connected oh. all the swims. All the, the the parts of of water between the different landsets. So uh, wow. So he did that, and now he goes around Spain measuring microplastics. So a company called Ocean Born contacted us to help with logistical support, uh, which we did. And then we just had a meeting yesterday with Ocean Born, and they want to say how can we work together in partnership with different projects like this because they have several projects like this coming up over the next few years, and they they need to have partners here on the Canary Islands and then we're gonna partner with them. So But with all this all all this work, are you optimistic about how to solve these issues? Or is I, it hard? I, on a personal level, I can get so despondent because I see companies not changing, not mm-hmm. caring. I can see tourists coming here not changing, not caring on the vast majority. I and I can see it on videos we produce and people we speak to. It's not a topic people want to talk about. Mm. And um, that for me is the most disappointing. And I think the governments need to stand up with, with legislation, with, with forcing some change. And I also think people need to be educated. I think this is all about education. Mm. And I think that's, that's the problem we have at the moment is that people aren't being educated that we have to change. We have to change our lifestyles. Every, everything has to head towards uh, climate change and, and reversal. Of, of emissions going out. We can't just carry on and we're all just carrying on. I don't see any anyone making substantial steps. Here in the Canary Islands, I think Europe might be a little bit more advanced than us. The problem we've got is the air is so clean, the water is so clean, generally speaking, and and so people don't feel climate change. We've, we, we, we don't get big weather, we don't have big storms here or anything, generally speaking. So you know, we just wake up every day and the sun's shining and the and the birds are tweeting and, and the ocean's clean. So and the tourists are here. So it's it's kind of the same problem we have in Norway, I would say, that we're not we're not really feeling the changes like directly on a, on our everyday life. So it's hard to take in that things are happening. Yeah. But it was kind of a, a little bit not surprising but i didn't think about it that way that you you really don't see it either that's a little bit um yeah eye opening for me that it's so but, but it's I, so beautiful there you know that you don't think yeah. about it but over the last uh, year and a half we have been filming uh, heroes so we we can't a hero as a brand or a person that is is making change so mm. we do have some people in our society that are really initiating change and what we've done is ask them if we can come and film them, photograph them, write blog posts about them. We're making a documentary of 10 of these people that are, we actually, we've actually just asked for funding from um, an organization that offers funding for this. 
but we've done all the filming already. Um, we just need to edit it all together and, and have a narrator. But it's, it's all about success stories for others to see and then to follow and be inspired, mm. inspired, you know, the way they, they integrating different facets of sustainable change. You know, mm. some can be focusing on the well-being of their staff and the community around them. Uh, one would be um, almost self-sustaining on their energy needs with wind and solar and, and, and water boreholes and all different examples, you know, of, of companies really thinking, what is my responsibility of change and, and how do I embrace it, you know? Mm. Yeah, I think that's very important to show the examples of people really doing something. Yeah. And the heroes. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think when you're waving a finger at someone and saying, hey, you're not doing this, it doesn't inspire anyone. I think when you, with positive reinforcement of showcasing success stories, then it inspires other two. Hey, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. And I think it influences because we are about influencing people. That's really what this is about. Mm. And uh, I think positive reinforcement has a much better chance of influencing people than negative. Absolutely. Yeah. So you might already maybe have answered this in some way, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What is the biggest reason why you do what you do personally? I actually feel like I was in the hamster wheel of life. You know, I went to university, uh, marketing and business management. I then got into the hamster wheel running, working way too many hours, just trying to accumulate money. And I feel I got lost. And it was only by several things happening in my life that put me in this situation that I wanted to reevaluate what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and, and, and what is the point. And, of course, all of this is coinciding with climate change reports we were getting. You know, this is going back now 15, 20 years ago when I started all of this. So I got divorced. Um, I found out the guy that was working with me for 15 years had been stealing from me for a long time. Uh, my brother died in a car crash. It, this was all in like a one-year period. And so I just didn't want to go back working for rich people. I was working for the Golf Course Association and five-star hotels, and, and I just didn't want to do that anymore. Mm. I just I, I wanted I want what I'm doing to to mean something. You know? um, yeah. And also I just feel – did you watch that movie, Don't Look Up? Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. I feel I feel we living that movie now. Yeah. We, we just, yeah. we just uh, you know, it was very around. good on point. Yes. So so yeah. So I feel, and and what it's allowed me to do is to actually meet people like you and and the people I work with now, and um, really I'm inspired and 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 feel so rewarded. I never feel like I'm waking up and it's like I'm going to work and oh I've got to do this. I don't feel that at all. I feel totally inspired in what I'm doing and. We've got a lot of volunteers that work for Canary Green. We've got 10 working with us now. And these young girls that are mostly studying tourism or sustainability or something to do along those lines are coming here and they really want to make change happen. And they give so much energy to me of hope because you look here at young people, then they, they're not thinking about it or wanting to change. And then I've got these young people from all over Europe, you know, from Estonia to Germany to Poland, they're all coming here. Mm. And, and they want to change, yeah. Today's Travel Toolkit contains a podcast. Of course, I had to do my research on other podcasts talking about responsible travel and tourism. And then I found this one with a name that I think is great and quite funny. It's called May I Speak to the Manager, Please? And it's by Lydia van der Brugge. 
She shares best practices around sustainability, service excellence, ecological footprints, and people development in tourism and hospitality from real leaders around the world. She has many interesting guests, but one episode that stood out for me was when she had Katarina Krebs from the Danish hotel chain Gullsmeden as a guest. Really interesting to hear how a hotel takes on all the challenges around sustainability. So I recommend that episode especially. So there you go. I give you a competitor in today's toolkit, but she's a good one. So please check it out. The link is in the show notes. Since I started this looking into this space about the future of travel and tourism, I have been thinking a lot about why we travel. So I I do feel myself that it's very, very important to, to roam, as I say in the podcast title. Um, and I have come up with some answers myself, but I'm wondering about yours. Why should we travel? And, and when when should we prioritize to travel? Yeah, um, but on a personal level, I think when we travel, we enrich ourselves and when we learn about different cultures and this whole nationalistic thing where my country, my anthem, I think we need to think about the world like COVID, where we all came together to combat it. And I think climate change is the same. And I think when we travel and understand how different people live and, and move and, and you also come here and have the sun I th- and, and different experiences of the culture of the people. I think it's it's a person for personal growth and for everything. Because here in the Canary Islands, a lot of people just stay in their town. They never leave it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like you won't believe that they're so comfortable just staying there. And I mm-hmm. said to them, you know, I live in the next town. Come and see it. It's like amazing. <laughs> and, and they yeah. live their whole lives there. So, yeah. So I think it always enriches you to to travel and to, to learn. Yeah, learn from each other. But but then you have all these dilemmas around travel, and that's also the, one of the parts that I want to like dive into. And you have so many approaches to these dilemmas, uh, you know, especially maybe concerning flying. Should I fly or should I not fly? And some mm-hmm. see it almost like a moral obligation to to completely stop flying. You have this kind of the flight shame movement or what what i should call it and and others always i think have some kind of excuse for why this particular travel is really important and should be prioritized and and this of course can create some friction i feel that myself in the space that i'm working so how do you look at this yourself do you think that we are putting too much of an emphasis on that particular issue or not enough? Okay. In November, I went to the first conference for climate change uh, for islands in Europe. So it's the first one. All the politicians are there. I took members of my team, four of us went over there, all excited. And on the second day, we had all the airlines on stage talking about what they have to do to change. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited to listen to that because the one of the people on the board of advisors of Canary Green is a guy called Harold Goodwin, and he's working on a project for hydrogen planes. Um, so he's working on this project, and he says that's the future for short-haul flights. So short-haul would be between Europe and the Canary Islands, for example. Mm. But the panel on the stage 
they spoke about biofuels and they spoke about lobbying together to stop the government putting more taxes on them because of, and I just thought it's playing defense mm. and protecting what they've got rather than saying, listen, we need to change our fuel. Mm. That's, that's really where this is all based. Like uh, research and development needs to go into this green hydrogen fuel that could power, especially for, for islands in Europe, you know, that we can, we can get to them. I mean, I, I think there's another problem for transatlantic flights, but for us and for our needs, because we're an island, we, everyone working here, it relies on tourism. Yeah. So if we all said we're going to stop, that's not sustainable for us. We yeah. would all have to leave or, or the local people wouldn't survive like mm. that. So I think this balance needs to be there, mm. but I think the tourists need to start demanding that they want the airlines to be not playing defense and lobbying the politicians for less tax, but to invest their money in R&D, in, in biofuels and change. And, and they have to embrace it fully. And the pressure needs to come from the, from the tourists, the people using their planes, and the politicians and the partner brands. It needs to be a holistic approach. Because I could see them all supporting each other and what they were saying is, Let's not get more taxes. Let's get together. Let's lobby. Let's form our own little consortium that we can lobby the, the politicians in Europe. And, and I thought, I'm sitting there thinking, this is not the discussion we should be having now. No. Um, not, and the, all the politicians were doing, talking about, it was so funny to watch, was they were talking about how do we tax all of this stuff? How do we measure emissions and tax it? And I thought both sides are just looking at defense. Mm. No one's saying, what and the thing what saved this conference when we were talking was the head of TUI, I think his name is Olaf, uh, thing, the, the new CEO of, of TUI, mm -hmm. he came on stage and he changed the whole conference, changed because of him, because he said, in the Canary Islands, you have wind, sun, and the oceans, sea, waves. You have everything to be self-sustaining in renewable energy. What is the problem? The problem is regulation, so we need to deregulate. And the other problem is funding. And the other problem is, is political will to want to change. Mm. So he says, if you can get those three things in order, you can, you can make the Canary Islands self-sustaining with your energy needs, with your car into green hydrogen. You've got sun, you've got wind. You've, we've got all the elements here to become self-sustaining. Mm. He was talking about 10 years ago, maybe the technology wasn't there. Now the technology is here for renewable energy. It's, it's here we can do it. But if you look in my town here, no one's got solar panels. We've got sun 90% of the days and no one, literally no one. There's, there's one house as you drive in and it's got two solar panels next to his water tank. So that's it. With, with a huge potential for improvement. You oh, say? yeah. And you yeah. know, um, Lanzarote is getting the first of its kind, an underwater wave machine that could power the whole island. Oh. Uh, well, the whole of the, the east side of the island. And it's coming from India. It's the first of its kind, and it fits under the water, and it's not harmful to the marine environment. So that, for me, is fantastic. There's another project which I'm speaking to now called Inapta, and they've got a small electrolyzer. So one hotel could have stacks of electrolyzers, whatever their power needs are. So you take the seawater, you convert it to green hydrogen, and you power your hotel. Mm. And so all, all of our hotels, or most of them, are along the coastline because that's where we, we are. Mm. And so if we could deregulate, get funding, and have the hotels moving off the grid onto these kind of electrolyzers coming in, 
this would be a change that we need. The problem is a manager of a hotel is coming in and the pressure on him is to produce profits. Yes. And, and and the same with the politician. His job is to get the mindset of the people to vote him in the next election. Mm. He's not thinking 10 years, 15 years down the line. Mm. And um, everything we're doing at Canary Green, we realize that this actually what we're doing and the movement we're trying to create is not about our lifetime. It's going to be our children's lifetime and their children. Because for me, climate change and, and sustainable change is not we here. There's no finish point. This is an ongoing process. So we're not looking for companies that are perfect because nobody's really perfect. We're looking for companies that have a green road in front of them. And it's all about how do we keep improving? So yeah. how do you have meetings? How do you put your staff in place? How do you do all these things? And that's really what this is all about, mm. is taking someone not perfect and helping to influence them with positive change to, to change, you know? Mm. You mentioned at the conference, the CEO of, of TUI. So how do you think that the, the major, the big tour operators are changing and taking on this challenge? Do you feel that there are, they are not defensive, that they are like thinking forward? It's quite hard because I think there's a lot of greenwashing going on. Mm. And I think uh, we have to be careful and, um, Yeah, I was watching Al Gore and he was talking about at COP27 that there was more oil and gas lobbyists at the COP27 than there were climate people. And he yeah. said, now we've put someone in charge that actually comes from the oil and gas industry. I, I, I don't know who it is. He, I just listened to the talk. Mm. And I was thinking to myself, that's crazy. you know. And, and so I don't know if a lot of these tour operators are putting these big fancy programs out there on their websites and, and, and putting these certified certificates, you know, that it's all money. So these companies are saying, Hey, we'll come give me $150 or whatever the amount is. And we will put a certificate saying you are eco-friendly. Mm -hmm. And, and so everyone's playing this game of putting certificates and quickly preparing something. And whereas what we want to do is we want to have people thinking, how can we change? How can we, like in reality, not in, in what kind of stickers can we put on our website, you know? Mm. Let's let's eliminate all plastic in our hotel. Let's have soaps that are going into the ocean not being harmful for the ocean. Let's promote sun creams to our guests that are not harmful to the ocean when they go into the ocean. Mm. Let's reuse the water for our plants that is there, you know, the gray water that that's there. All these programs should be so simple. Andres Koch from TUI, he's on the board of advisors for Canary Green. He was a head of sustainability for TUI, and he said, we did a study, and we found out that the cleaning staff were flushing the toilet 30 times during a clean of a, of a two-bedroom apartment, 30 times. Mm. And I was like, what? <laughs> They said, just when you understand that and you change the behavior and the style of cleaning, you saved so much money, you saved so much water, Because you imagine how many resorts we have, how many rooms we have, how many cleaners we have doing the same thing. It, it made such a big impact. And so he started a company that helps hotels make all these silly, small changes that really make a big impact at the end of the day. And if everyone does it, you know, that's why they talk about people. We don't need more vegans. We just need everyone eating less meat. Yes, uh, exactly. And that's the same principle for sustainable change, you know. If yeah. everyone just 
plays a small part, it makes a big impact. Mm, it does. It's very interesting that you mentioned Andreas because I, I had him as a guest on the podcast. So it was really, I found him through you, I think. So uh, it's like this ripple effect of interesting people that I find. <laughs> and he's actually employed one of our, inter- so one of the things I want to do at Canary Green is to start, uh, because we have so many young girls or people coming through Canary Green, is a lot of them are trying to find jobs afterwards. Mm. And a lot of hotels are finding it hard to find people to employ that feel passionate about sustainable change. And so what we're going to do is start a recruitment agency where we can help place these, um, because Andres Koch uh, employed one of our interns afterwards. Okay. Because before people come to work with us, number one, they have to feel passionate about climate change and, and making a difference. And then afterwards, can you take photos? Are you talented in social media marketing? Are you a copywriter? You know, all those mm. skill sets secondary. But first, you've got to be passionate about them. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think it was him who said this interesting thing about where the change comes from. Is it the tourists that demand the change are looking for more sustainable options or does the change come from the hotels and the tourist industry in itself? And I think I think he leaned towards the last the last one. But what's your opinion on that? What do you think? I think it has to be a combination. Mm. I think we need the tourist authorities, the governments, to put the right taxes, the right incentives, the right deregulation. And equally, I think the tourists need to say, hey, I'm coming to your hotel because you're sustainable. Mm. Or, hey... I'm not coming to your hotel because you're not sustainable. You put all your rubbish in the same thing. You've got, I can't believe you've got one dustbin for all your stuff, you know, or whatever. And then they say, I'm out of here. I hate to say it, but it always comes down to money. And a lot of these people are making decisions and politicians. It's all about money. And until people and the tourists need to realize that it's the same as when you're voting for politicians. If you've got to come together and vote the right people in. And so we need to, support the right hotels that are making these changes. Mm. And we need to expose hotels that are just putting a, I know one hotel, she was the sub-director of a big hotel chain here. They've got four big hotels in Los Americas. And she said the day before my boss told me to quickly prepare for travel, travel uh, eco certificate. Okay. Yeah. So the day before she prepared the report. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she said, we got it. And I said, you can't tell me the story because the story just makes me so sad on so many levels, you know. And that's why I'm saying a lot of this comes down to the exchange of money and, and it becomes humanity always goes to this basement um, place wow. of transactional. And, and we need to start thinking like right next to my home, there's a hotel that's, that's brought up and they really encourage guests to go and support the restaurants in the village. They really want their staff to be happy in what they're doing and how they do it. They really like it's so refreshing to see a hotel come with that attitude. Not I'm going to try and keep them all here. I'm going to try and squeeze every last euro out of them myself mm-hmm. uh, because the whole village relies on on them coming in and, and supporting them. So Yeah, that's very true. So I wonder, I'm now going to go back to where I started, you being on the Canary Islands and where people, so many people go. Um, do you have some concrete like advice for them? How to plan, where to go, resources to use, except your your own, of course, Canary Green. How do we do this? Like 
practically uh, preparing for the next trip, summer holiday or, or anything? I think learn to research and spend more time researching and don't just look at pricing. Look at, Mm. I need to know what your brand's doing to be sustainable. Okay. And then obvious things like, I'm not going to go jet skiing or go, Mm. you know, we've got Laura Park, which is one of the biggest theme parks in, in the world here. And we've got all these animals locked up like that. And, you know, that's not I think Tui came out and said, we're not sending people there anymore. Mm. I think it was one of the big two operators did that. So we want people to start researching and also understanding what are good decisions. Like this hotel is making really good change. I don't mind paying a little bit more or whatever and, and make decisions like that that are supporting the community, that people are on the right way, you know. But it's difficult now. It It, it is difficult. But I, I would only say to do your homework and, and make this an important factor and if you're not going to a hotel, tell them you're not going to it. It's mm-hmm. so important because if they get 20, 30, 40, 50 people saying, I was going to book your hotel, but I couldn't find anything about sustainable change that you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. So I've booked this hotel. Have a look at their page and then show them what they're doing. Like they're sponsoring local beach cleanups. They're sponsoring cultural events. They've eliminated single-use plastic in the hotel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a very good good advice, actually. Yeah, to let them know why you're not coming. I never thought about that. Uh, because I think at the moment, everybody is looking, especially at this hotel that I just spoke about, Mind Hotel, here in Costa Deji. I think everyone's looking to them to see, is that model going to succeed? And they're all hoping it's going to fail so they can turn around and see, I told you so, that doesn't work. And so that's why I spoke to the director and I said to him, it's so important for me that you succeed because you were the first one that's coming out saying everything we do is to think about sustainable change. Like every decision they make is how is this impacting? What is the sustainability of it? And I think when you make all your decisions, not based on price, but based on that, it it works. And we need the tourists to support places like that because I need them to succeed. So other hotels go, hey, we should follow that line because look look at their occupancy, look how well they're doing, look how people are talking about them on social media, mm. that kind of thing. Yeah, I actually, I I was looking at that hotel. I think you had a blog post about it on your your webpage. It looked really nice. So um, Mind, Mind Hotel, wasn't it? M-Y, yeah, Mind. Yeah, M-Y-N-D, yeah. Yes, looked very nice. So maybe I'll put the link in the show notes so people can look at it. Please do, because we yes. really, I mean, there's also lots of other hotels, so I don't want to take away mm-hmm. from the ones we're also working with. But Mind especially have come out front and center of their marketing strategy mm-hmm. that we are sustainable and everything we do. Um, they supported this microplastic foundation that came here to measure the microplastics and and we were there with that. But of course, if they don't have hotels supporting them as well, it's difficult, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't think it should all sit on the shoulders of Mind Hotel. Why can't all the other hotels, us measuring our microplastics is important for us to know. We can't just be like cavemen saying, mm. we're just going to put all the stuff in the sea and not care about it. We have to be thinking what we're doing. You know? mm. Absolutely. So, so we're approaching the end. So time for you to promote Canary Green. Where do people easily find you? I know you said you're on all the platforms and I will put all the links uh, in the yeah. show notes, but what's the easiest, easiest place? 
Well, this, this year, our objective is to start something called a membership. So we want to, oh. we're thinking of calling it uh, sustainable gangsters. So we've been promoting brands for five years and we're going to go back to those brands and say to them, listen, if we have a membership plan, would you offer, instead of them booking through booking.com and, and you paying commission to booking.com, why don't you offer discounts to our members? Yes. And all of them that I've spoken to so far have said yes. But what we're going to do is start a membership where people pay us 10 euros a month because of the long-term future of what we're working on. Mm. But they also can then have discounts at these hotels and these activities and these restaurants. So we want people to come to the South to say, I mean, this time on my app, I can see that there's five Canary Green restaurants in this area. They're all healthy. They're all local people. They're all um, in sustainable change way. And uh, they offer me discounts if I go there. So nice. I would really like that. It's a very yeah, good idea. You think it's a good idea? Yes, absolutely. I would use yes, that so. definitely. Yeah. So so that can be found on canarygreen.org. Because what we would like is that this is like the rock and roll movement, that it comes from the bottom up. Like we didn't have politicians saying, let's have this leather jacket and this hairstyle, and it was the people coming up. And I think sustainable change needs to be led from the bottom up. Mm. And with things like Canary Green, I think that people can, it's just a place for people to come together, for people to make impact, to influence change, mm. but in the right way. And if everyone's paying us 10 euros, we're not getting influenced by one sponsor mm. or one funding, um, because then it comes with a whole lot of rules and terms and, and conditions. Yeah. What we want to be is free. And that's why we have a board of advisors of, of eight people that are leaders in sustainability, mm. advising Canary Green, this is the right way to go in these different ways, you know, so. Great. Thank you both for your time. Thank you so much for your, your time. I really appreciate all your insights and best wishes for all your work, all the work that you're doing. Thank you, thank you. Thank I you hope so we see you in the Canary Islands. Yes, time. yeah, I hope so too. Oh yes, I wouldn't mind that at all. This place is quite cold and snowy, so the Canary Islands sounds really, really good. But maybe later. Thank you so much for listening to the second episode of Roaming Roots. I hope that you have gained some insights uh, about responsible and mindful travel and tourism in the Canary Islands, but also in general. As a reminder, please visit bycause.co slash resources to peek inside my own library under development. I have a lot of more interesting conversations to share with you, so just keep an eye out for that in your podcast player. And I will talk to you soon.